Welcome to the Everyday Style School podcast, where we believe life is better when you love the way you look. Style doesn't have to be complicated, and getting dressed can actually be fun. It's time to ditch that closet full of nothing to wear and instead create a fabulous functional wardrobe that makes you feel stylish, confident, and ready for anything. I'm your host, Jennifer Mackey Mary, and I've been dressing real women for almost 20 years. There isn't a body type or wardrobe challenge I haven't seen. And in this podcast, I'll share practical lessons from my journey that you can use to make creating a look you love easier than you ever imagined. Get ready to love getting dressed again. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Everyday Style School podcast, where we believe that style should be easy and getting dressed can be fun. Today's episode is full of fun stuff, but what I really want to know first is, did you do your homework from episode 13? Now, the homework that I gave you was to give up a little bit of physical comfort to gain the psychological comfort that comes from knowing you look put together and knowing that you are putting your best foot forward. You've had two weeks to do it, and I really hope you did it just one day. If you did, I would love to hear about it in the Facebook community, the Everyday Style Lounge. And if you haven't done it, I really want to encourage you to, you're going to have two homework assignments this week, but to do that, just to give up a little bit of physical comfort. Maybe it's putting on pants with a button, or maybe it's wearing a little bit of a heel, but I think you'll be surprised the psychological comfort that comes from putting yourself together just a tiny bit more. So if you haven't done it, there's still time, go do it. All right. So the word of the week, we are talking about yolks, not the ones found in eggs, but rather the ones found on your jeans and how getting the right yolk can help you fit your booty best. In office hours, Kim H. asked a question that I had to think about for a while, and I'm finally ready to answer it. And then in the Style School Lecture, I'm sharing with you how to edit your closet like a pro. I believe that a great wardrobe is as much about what you take out as what you put in. And I wish that I could work with every single one of you in your closet, helping you decide what to keep, what to toss, and what to add to make the perfect wardrobe. However, I know that given this podcast is being listened to all around the world, that is probably not likely. I mean, if you do want me to work with you, I am just a plane ticket away and I would be happy to. But if that's not realistic, today I'm going to share my three-step system for helping you cut through the clutter and discover the gems I know are living in your closet. Before we get started, though, I want to share another crazy kind review from another listener. Today's review is from Design App Junkie, who wrote, love this podcast, love that title. She said, for about a year now, I've been in a style rut. After job changes and messy breakup, my sense of self kind of fell by the wayside. I used to love getting dressed, but now my clothes don't feel like me. I didn't know why or how to change it. Listening to this podcast has been a crash course in how to rehab my wardrobe. It's given me tips on how to dress my body, items to invest in, and how to shop. I feel like I'm on the right path to feeling good about what I wear again. After listening to Jennifer, I feel like I have insider knowledge. She really knows her stuff. Thank you. Most importantly, Jennifer really cares about making women feel beautiful, and her excitement about fashion is contagious. Thank you. Thank you, Design App Junkie. Yes, I really do care about making women feel beautiful because I think when you feel beautiful, you can change the world. So, hey, if you are listening and loving the podcast and have a minute to leave a review, it means the world to me. 
They also tell other women what they can expect on this podcast. So thank you for taking the time to leave those awesome five-star reviews. And thank you again, Design App Junkie. All right, let's get this party started, as always, with today's lesson from Linda. Today's Linda is one of my all-time favorite clients. Now, you might be wondering, what gets someone on the all-time favorite client list? There are really two ways. Some of my favorite clients have just been downright fun to work with. Working with them felt more like a day hanging out with girlfriends than a day at work. I can think of one client where when I left our shopping session together, I got in my car and my sides literally hurt from laughing so hard for hours. I almost felt like I should give her her money back because I just had so much fun that day. I mean, I didn't because I'm a business, but it was just that much fun. Mostly though, my favorite clients are the super transformative ones. The ones I think about now years later and still get goosebumps when I think of them and how far they came. I think I've shared that I think extreme makeovers are total BS. They don't last. So it isn't about that. It's not about taking a woman who's hanging out in frumpy yoga pants and putting her in dresses. That is not going to last, and it's not a real version of the person, so I've never, ever done that. What I mean by transformative is the moment a woman looks in the mirror and sees herself in that mirror like she sees herself in her mind. I'm actually getting goosies right now thinking about that moment with a lot of clients. Helping a woman be the best version of herself and see that actualized in a mirror is absolutely what I live for, not making women into someone who they're not. So this is a story about one of those transformative Lindas. Linda called me one December and told me she'd gotten my name from a friend and told me I probably couldn't help her and that she was beyond help, but she thought she'd try. Just as a side note, I get that a lot. Women call and say, I'm sure you've never heard this story before. And then they go on to list the story of every client I've ever worked with. I had kids and now my body changed. I don't know what to shop for. I don't, I don't wear work clothes anymore. I don't know how to dress. Literally women think they are the only person struggling with that. And if you're listening, you're like, oh my gosh, there are others. Yes, literally thousands of you. So it is not unique. You are unique, but your problems are not. So never ever feel like you shouldn't reach out because your problems are so weird. I guarantee you, Any professional you reach out to with anything has seen your challenge before. Anyway, so her issue was that her husband had surprised her with a weekend in New York and she had nothing to wear, so she didn't even want to go. She sent a few pictures to a stylish friend who lived in the city of outfit options and her friend said, you cannot come to New York wearing those, which by the way, you can wear anything you like anywhere you like, especially in New York where literally anything goes. But her getaway, her weekend getaway, included a fancy hotel, dinners at upscale restaurants, and she just didn't want to go feeling frumpy and bad about herself. She honestly just wanted to cancel. And I have seen over the years a lot of women check out of of life, of events, because they didn't have anything to wear, and it makes me so sad. Now, making matters just a little more complicated was that she called me on a Wednesday, and they were leaving on Friday. So I didn't have a lot of time. I had one two-hour chunk of time that wasn't already given to other clients, and it was for a hair appointment. I know that sounds selfish, but it was for a hair appointment I had had scheduled for months. I knew that I would not be able to get back in for this appointment for a long time, but the thought of somebody checking out of life, and especially a weekend in New York in December because they didn't have the right outfit, is absolutely 
unfathomable to me. I just, that is not an option. So I canceled my long overdue, much needed appointment and met her at the mall the next day for a laser focused shopping session. We had two hours, which is much shorter than my regular sessions. Um, but we, we needed to get it done and we had to get it done quick. When I work with a shopping client I, who I haven't met before, I haven't worked in their closet, I always ask them to wear their best jeans just so I know what we're working with. I also ask clients to dress like they would if they were meeting a friend for lunch. So not necessarily dressed up, but I want to know what's in their closet that makes them feel cute. So Linda arrived in skinny jeans that I'm not going to judge, may or may not at one point have been good jeans. But they had definitely seen better days. As I say, the jeans quit. They got sad and saggy and they were not coming back to life. And she had on riding boots and a, a fair isle kind of, you know, snowflakey sweater. So we talked about her outfit a little bit. And I said, how does this outfit make you feel? And she said, I wore this because it's the trendiest thing I had. I said, okay. And I said, what do you like about it? And she really liked the fair isle sweater. She really liked the look of the boots and the jeans and that whole look. She said it, it fit her preppy aesthetic. So I said, okay, but we definitely needed an update. Everything just to look, looked a little sad. The first thing we did was go to the shoe store. Now she had foot challenges. So we went to a comfort shoe store. Linda, like a lot of my clients, believed that because she had foot challenges, she had to wear nothing but ugly shoes. We took her to a store that specialized in shoes for people who needed comfort shoes. And we got her the cutest pair of black booties. Linda was so excited about these shoes that she did what my daughters do, which is wear them right out of the store. She did not even want to put her old boots back on. She immediately said, I feel 10 years younger in these shoes. And she did. She looked 10 years younger because as we all know, shoes define your style. She actually put her old boots back in a box and brought them out to her car so she didn't have to look at them. And then we set off for the clothes. And the first thing we did after shoes was good jeans because you know we work from the bottom up. Instead of her sad, sloppy skinnies, we put her in a pair of boyfriend jeans with a big cuff at the bottom. And they look so cute with these booties. And it was just so funny that little by little, as we were putting different things on, Linda's whole demeanor just lightened up. She got lighter and brighter and the smile. I mean, we went from a downturn frown, like this is never going to work, just to a, like a neutral face and then a little smile. And everything we put on, once I kind of found her jam and her vibe, everything made her smile just a little bit bigger. And it was so much fun. The first outfit that we totally nailed with these booties, boyfriend jeans, you know, which are a little bit looser, and then a fair isle sweater, almost like the one she came in with, except it was shorter, a little more cropped, a lot more updated. In this moment, in the mirror, she had the biggest smile I have seen from a client yet. And it gave me goosebumps then. It's given me goosebumps now because she saw in the mirror what she saw in her mind. And we always, we see a best version of ourselves in our mind. And my goal is to bring that out. And in this moment, she had the biggest smile on and I knew we'd nailed it. Now we shop for, you know, probably another hour and 45 minutes. Cause yes, we did all that in about 15 to 20 minutes. I told you it was laser focused. So we got great jackets and we got comfortable dresses to travel in. We got great outfits for dinner, all of that stuff. And it all made her smile. But that first outfit is what really struck me because it wasn't any different than what she came in with. She came in with a sweater, jeans, and boots. We updated the profile. We, we gave her a little bit looser jean, a little bit, you know, less long 
sweater, a little more crop, a little more boxy, a little more on trend. We gave her a booty instead of the riding boot. And all of a sudden she felt current. She felt polished, but she also felt like herself. And that was the absolute magic. So all the other things we bought were fantastic as well. I mean, she just looked like a million bucks, but it was that outfit that stayed true to who she was, but was just the best version of herself. So how did the story end? Well, Linda went to New York. She sent me pictures. She looked amazing. Her stylish friend was like, oh my gosh, where did you get all this stuff? Like she was so impressed. And Linda had a fantastic time. And to this day, Linda is one of my absolute favorite clients. But there are two things I want you to take away from this lesson from Linda. The first one is don't check out of life because you have nothing to wear. That is ridiculous. One of the quotes that I've shared, I think I shared it in my intro episode that I live by, is Diana Vreeland, who is a former fashion editor for Vogue. And what she said was, it's not about the dress. It's about the life you live in the dress that matters. And I believe that it is not about the clothes. It is about the life. However, when you don't have the right clothes to live the life you want, that's when we start to check out. That's when we we start to say, no, I don't want to go to dinner. Oh, I don't want to go to that restaurant. It's too fancy. Uh, no, I don't want to go out for a date night. I've had clients who haven't been on date night in years. I had a client skip a friend's wedding because she had nothing to wear. These are the things that make up our lives, friends. These are the memories. And it doesn't matter what you wear, but when you don't have something that makes you feel great, it does matter. It matters a whole lot. So go out. I always tell my clients, Kind of look at your calendar three months out, six months out. What do you have coming up? Do you have clothes in your in your closet that fit the life you want to live? Are there times that you are being held back by not having the clothes you want? And if that is the case, put a shopping date on the calendar. Make a date with yourself to go to the mall, to even online shop if you have to get the capsule guide, whatever you have to do to put those things in your closet. So when those things come up, when those events come up, you say, I'm ready and I'm excited about it. And you get to go live fully because all of a sudden the clothes don't matter. I tell you, when you don't have the right thing, the clothes matter a whole lot. When you do have the right things, your life matters more. So focus on the life you want to live, but make sure you've got the clothes to dress for it. Now, the second thing that I want you to take away from this, Linda, is this. Don't try to be someone you're not. A lot of times when women shop with me, they have this idea of fashion reinvention. And I get it. You have invested your time with me. You have invested your money with me. And you are investing in clothes. And every time women kind of want to revamp their wardrobe in their, in their closet, they have this idea that they're going to do better. They're going to be somebody different. The reality is you are you. You like what you like. You gravitate towards certain things. And that's okay. Just buy better versions of them. If you are a person who lives in jeans and t-shirts, buy really great jeans and t-shirts. Don't go out and buy skirts and heels and tight sweaters if that's not you. Even if it's the you that you have in your mind, take little steps to get there. When you put an entire wardrobe of stuff that is for a person that you are not or for a person that you hope to be, that is a closet full of nothing to wear because you don't want to wear those things. You're not going to gravitate towards those things. And you're going to pull out those old jeans and t-shirts all the time. So dress for the person that you are, buy clothes for the person that you are, accept the person that you are, and dress your best for that. All right, let's move on to our vocabulary word. 
All right. So today we are talking about yokes. Y-O-K-E, yolk. And if you only know of yolks as it applies to eggs or oxen, I want to give you a different definition. All right. This is straight out of um, Heddles.com dictionary. I don't know what that is, but it does describe it perfectly. And it says, also known as the riser, the yolk is the V-shaped section at the back of jeans. It gives the denim a curved seat and the deeper the V of the yolk, the greater the curve. So let's talk about that. When you look at the back of your jeans, you have your waistband. I know you're kind of imagining it. And by the way, I will put a picture of yolks on the show notes. So head over to the show notes and um, you can see what I'm talking about. I know it's hard to visualize sometimes, but you've got your waistband. And then a couple inches below that, there's another seam. And it usually goes in a bit of a V pattern. That seam right there is called the yoke. And it is really unique to jean styling. So if you have a trouser jean, so to say, you won't have a yoke there. It'll just be smooth like a, like a dress pant. Now, if you have I don't know, a ponty pant or, you know, something like a corduroy pant, a lot of times it will say jean styling or five pocket styling. That often includes the yoke and it's what makes pants fit like jeans. But you can use this yoke to get a better fit for your booty. And just like the definition said, the deeper the V of the yoke, the greater the curve. So there are some jeans, and the picture that I will put is two pairs of jeans from my closet. My favorite pair of jeans, which is from J. Crew, has almost a straight across yoke. Now, this fits my flat, non-existent booty perfectly because a straight yoke is for your straight booty. A curved yoke, a slanted yoke is for your curvy booty. So you can play with this a little bit, even if you need a a straighter fit in pants. I use this a lot for clients who are kind of a rectangle from the front, meaning they don't have big waist definition or hip definition. But then when they turn to the side, they got a little bit of a bubble butt, right? So I will find a straight cut pant with a curved yoke and that's what fits them perfectly. So if you have jeans that don't fit in the butt, go look at what the yoke is. Or if you have jeans that fit you perfectly, go look at what that yoke is and then try and replicate it when you're in the store. It is an easy way to get a more custom fit through the rear end. All right, let's head over to Office Hours where Kim H. asked a super important question. Kim, what's your question? Dear Jen, as a six foot five inch tall woman, my question is, is there anything women like me can do style-wise so that people see our style first and our physical characteristics second. For example, I always get the comment of, wow, you are really tall, no matter what I wear. I've heard from friends that this happens whether you are very tall, very short, very skinny, very big, or if you have noticeable birthmarks. Thank you for any help you can give on this topic. I love this question, Kim. And in full disclosure, this was a conversation you and I had in the Everyday Style Lounge, and I asked you to record it so I could answer it for everyone. I remember my seventh grade math teacher always said, if you have a question, don't be afraid to ask. Chances are there are a lot of others with the same question who are just afraid to to speak up. So Kim, thank you for speaking up and asking it so that I could answer it for everyone. I've also given this one a lot of thought. I This is an important question, and I didn't want to give one of my quick, off-the-cuff, sometimes glib answers, and I wanted to give you a real answer. And there are actually three things I want to say about this, this question. 
Two of them are not the advice you asked for, but I think they're important under this umbrella. But the last one is my answer to your question. So first thing I want to say is this. A lot of people are just thoughtless. They don't intend to be. They're not trying to be rude. They notice something different and just cannot stop themselves from commenting. On a very small scale, I understand this because I have the last name of Mary. Every time someone asks, what's your last name? I cringe inwardly and go, oh, here we go again. I'm going to get, no, your last name. Again, my last name is Mary. No, that can't be your last name. Promise it is. Are you sure your name isn't Mary Jennifer? As though Jennifer is a much more acceptable last name. My husband gets it all the time too. It drives me crazy. And I just know that because it's a little out of the ordinary, everybody feels the need to comment on it. So Kim, this part of the answer is not for you, but it's for the world at large. When something is different and you notice something out of the ordinary, you do not have to comment on it. We know we're tall. We know we're short. We know our last name is weird. Just keep it to yourself. Just because it's new to you does not mean it's new to us. Chances are anything you can say to someone they've heard before. So unless you're adding something to the conversation like, hey, I knew someone with the last name of Mary. Isn't that a coincidence? Or boy, I would love to have your height or gosh, I love your long legs. What if you're complimenting something? Great. If you are adding something to the conversation, wonderful. If you are just pointing out something that they've probably heard a thousand times before, there's just no need to say it. So just pass on by. You know they're tall. They know they're tall. Nobody needs to talk about it. So that's thing number one. Second point is this. Kim, again, this is not advice that you asked for, but I work with a lot of women who would like to change their physical attributes. And we need to accept that there's very little we can do to change your physical attributes through clothing. Now, I get this from vertically challenged girls a lot. They say, I don't want to look short. Well, Linda, you're 4'11", and I'm not a miracle worker. So, you know, even if it's a cropped pant, I don't think it's going to make that big of a difference. I would recommend not to try to dress to hide things. It's not a winning strategy. It's not going to work. And you're going to be so caught up with dressing to hide something that you're going to lose the joy in clothes. And we know that that is never, ever my mission. There are things you can do to make your body look its best, to make it look more balanced, to elongate your legs a little bit. But Kim, will it make you look 5'8"? No. So even though you didn't ask that, I'm going to give that advice to everyone. For women to accept the things you cannot change and the limitations in clothing to help camouflage. Finally, and here is the advice you asked for, famed jeweler Harry Winston once said, people will stare, make it worth their while. Dress your body beautifully in a way that makes you happy. And that is the most important thing. Wear the loud print dress if that floats your boat. Will it be the first thing people notice? Maybe not. Will it be the second? Probably. Create a style that is personal and signature to you and feels authentic. I once worked with a woman who was very large a lot of years ago, but she always had the most beautiful scarves. It was what she was known for. They were from all over the world. Everyone had a story and she was really Linda the Scarf Lady. So find a style that is true to you and authentic and then rock it. Give people something else to comment on. So Kim, thank you for your question. And a copy of my 31 day style challenge is on its way to you. These 31 simple tasks will help you cut the clutter, use more of what you already own and help you love getting dressed again.
If you're listening and you want the 31 Day Style Challenge, you can buy it at youreverydaystyle.com or you can go to my podcast page, hit the big orange button and ask a question. If your question gets used in the show, I will give you a free copy. All right, we'll be back in just a minute to talk about how to edit your closet like a pro. Are you like most women counting down the days to pumpkin spice everything and of course, sweater weather? We think of fall as lots of crisp, cool days, scarves and sweaters, boots and puffy vests, and then we spend months cursing the warm days and struggling with what to wear. The Fall Capsule Guide is designed to dress you for the entire season, from the warm days of September through the cool evenings of November. You deserve to love the way you look all season long, feeling comfortable, confident, and dressed for anything. The capsule is coming out September 1st. If you want a sneak peek, head to the show notes for episode 14. And while you're there, sign up for the free mini capsule guide. You'll get a little taste of what capsules are all about, and you'll be on the wait list for the fall guide. I can't wait for you to have the most stylish fall ever. All right, ladies, today we are talking about cleaning out your closet, and I am going to show you my, or tell you, my three-phase system that I have used for years and years. It's what I do with all my clients, whether they've realized it or not, and it's what I do in my own closet. So let's talk about why this is so important. First of all, I said in the introduction that a great wardrobe is much about what you take out as what you put in. When you just keep accumulating stuff, you lose sight of the gems in the closet that I know are there. You lose sight of what you actually need. The more you have, the harder it is to get dressed. And the more you can't use, the more impossible it becomes to get dressed. So we really have to take out what's not working before you can really think about putting more in. So that's the first reason. The second reason is this. It's an opportunity to wipe the slate clean for fall. Fall is fashion's new year. This is when we actually make resolutions. We say, you know what? I'm going to look good for PTA meetings. You know, I'm not going to go to the bus stop in my pajamas anymore. We all make these little style resolutions and they always happen in the fall. And so this is a really great time. You know, if you're convinced that you're not going to wear pajamas to the bus stop anymore, let's make sure you have some good stuff in your closet that you will wear instead. So that is why this is an important topic to cover right now. And um, I hope you're ready. Maybe if you are not driving, take some notes. If you are driving, listen to it again if you have to. So let's talk about my three-phase system for editing closets. Now, most of you will not be able to have me in your closet with you. I mean, if you want to bring me to you, that is great. Call me. If you can't do that, here is what you do. Ready? As always, I got disclaimers for you. And here's the first one. Your closet and your setup is unique to you and you may have to make adjustments. My advice may not fit your situation perfectly. One question I always get asked is about transitioning seasons. Should I keep all my winter clothes with my summer clothes? What should I do? And this really depends on your own closet. In our old house, when I had a big old walk-in closet all to myself, I didn't switch out seasons. I had plenty of room to have everything right there. And I kept, and we'll talk about how I organized closets, and I kept winter and summer and all those together just in the right categories. But now I have a much smaller closet and I share it with my husband. So I do have to swap out seasons. And then I get asked about when to swap out seasons. And the rule I use for myself is that when I'm going to my off-season storage more than I'm reaching into the closet in my bedroom, it's time to fully switch. And you kind of know that day. 
So that is the first one. The second one I get asked about is what to hang and what to fold. Again, it depends on you and your and your storage situation. I believe in out of sight, out of mind. Once it goes in a drawer, most people forget they own it. So I like to hang as much as possible. But if that doesn't work for you and your situation and your storage, do the best you can and fold your clothes using a file fold system instead of a pile fold system. I will put a link in the show notes showing what you what a file fold is. You can see more of what you've got and things don't get lost on the bottom. Now, the last one is most advice says to do your closet all at once. Just tackle it. Just get in there. And I don't agree with that. What normally happens is you get this big burst of energy in the morning. You pull out everything. You throw it all on your bed and you lose steam about halfway through. Don't kid yourself. Editing your closet is a ton of work. It is physically difficult. Uh, It's mentally draining. It is so much work, especially if you don't have someone there helping you. So what happens is you lose the steam, you go downstairs for a snack and a little bit of a break, and then you just don't go back to it. And when you go up to go to bed, you have a huge pile of clothes on your bed and you go, oh, and you throw them on the floor or you hang them back up haphazardly and you've spent this day for nothing. So this does not have to be a process that just drains your energy and your soul. This can be pretty easy and we're going to break it down into chunks, which is why I break it down into my three-step system. So. I believe my way is a whole lot more manageable. However, if that one day approach works for you, go for it. Who am I to tell you what is right? Now, as kind of a joke, but not really, I always tell my clients that the best day to clean out your closet is the day you have to do laundry because you have, quote unquote, nothing to wear. When you find yourself saying that, go into your closet and get rid of anything you actually could have worn but chose not to. For example, if you are a woman who lives in jeans and t-shirts most days of the week and you say, oh my gosh, I have nothing to wear. I got to do some laundry. Go up in your closet and all the jeans and t-shirts that you don't want to wear, they can go. All the things you convinced yourself that you would wear instead of jeans and t-shirts, they can absolutely go. So that's a great day to clean out your closet. But if you're not doing that, let's get into my steps. All right. There is a little pre-work before the three steps, but I promise it will make everything else easier for you. And here it is. Before you clean out your closet, I want you to organize it. I understand that that's counterintuitive, that you think, well, why would I organize things I'm not going to keep? But trust me, it is part of the process. It makes everything easier. It makes it go faster. And it makes it easier to divide into smaller chunks on the day you are going through things. Here's how I want you to organize your closet. Everything grouped together by item, all pants together, all tops together, etc. I want you to break up those outfits that are hanging together. You know, the one you bought because it looked exactly like the mannequin and it all hangs together. That is not a great way to utilize your clothes to the, to the, for maximum efficiency. I want you to break those up and then I want you to hang the tops with the tops, the pants with the pants. Now, once you've got them organized into categories, I want you to organize the tops by sleeve length. So I want you to hang all your short sleeve together, all your actually sleeveless first, short sleeve, three quarter, long sleeve. Right behind that go jackets and cardigans all grouped together. You hang your pants by by hem length. You can hang your dresses either by sleeve length or hem length, whichever works best for you. Skirts go by hem. The reason this works is this. 
you see more of what you have and you can I automatically just really quickly identify your challenges getting dressed. If you have a hundred cardigans, but no good shells to wear under them, you find your problem. One thing people are so impressed with themselves all the time for, and they say, oh, I organize by color. And I say, yep, that's super pretty. However, don't do that. The reason is we don't get dressed by color. I get that you go in your closet and it looks like a rainbow and it's super pretty. However, you don't see what you have easily. We don't get dressed by color. We get dressed by weather and activity. And it's easier when you can see what you have for those two things easily. For example, if you get up and you say, oh, I have a meeting today. I need to wear a jacket. You immediately go to the jackets. You don't have to flip through every color to see what jackets you have. And then you need a shell to go under it. You can easily find the shells. Knowing you like blue doesn't really help you. So if you are super meticulous and you want to organize by color within those categories, that's fine. But organizing by category, sleeve type, all of that, rather than color, will make your closet so much more efficient. All right. Now that process, this pre-work should take no more than about 30 to 45 minutes, depending on how much you have. And if you have a clothing rack, it makes life even faster. I recommended one in an earlier episode that is super helpful for closet editing, and then it, it folds back up. You can use it for parties, guests, whatever. I will link to it again in the show notes. All right, once that's done, we are into the real stuff. We are into the first step, the first phase, which is what I call low-hanging fruit. This is when you get rid of everything that you know needs to go. You can get rid of clothes that are in bad shape, clothes that need more repair or tailoring than you're willing to do, and clothes you simply don't like. Here's the most important thing in this phase is that you do not jump ahead. This is not the part where you're trying things on making determinations about whether or not they work for you. There is no trying on in this phase. The only things I want you to ask yourself is this, do I like it and would I buy this again just as it is? If you say, well, I like it, but you know, if the color wasn't so bright red, it's got to go because there's nothing that's going to magically happen in your closet that's going to make that thing less bright red. Or if you say, I love this sweater, if, if it just wasn't so itchy, it's got to go. There's never going to be a day where you want to wear an itchy sweater and there's nothing that's going to magically happen in your closet to make it not itchy. So clothes that are in bad shape, things that need more repair or tailoring than you're willing to do, or clothes you don't like, just go. That's it. That is just step number one. Again, this one should not take you long. This is 30 to 45 minute max and less if you organize my way first. By the way, this is also a time to pull out clothes that are memories and not part of your wardrobe. Let me explain what I mean by clothes that are part of your wardrobe. When I say wardrobe, I don't mean your, the entire contents of your closet. I mean the clothes you choose from every day to get dressed. The dress you wore to your bridal shower 15 years ago that doesn't fit and isn't in style is a memory, not a useful part of your wardrobe. Pull those things out, put them in a box. It's going to be easier to see what you have when you're not seeing memories mixed in with your wardrobe. Remember, your closet should be the boutique that you shop from every morning, not a museum to the person you were five years ago or a warehouse for the person you're hoping to be in five years. It should serve you to day. And that's all that should be in your closet, or at least all that's hanging in your closet. Now, if you want to use your 
closet for storage, that's fine. But just make sure that you are separating out the things that are not wardrobe. Box them up. Get them out of sight. This is probably a good time to talk about why we hang on to clothes that we don't wear. And there are really two reasons that I have found over the course of my career. The first one is memories. And the second one is guilt. But let's talk about memories first. Memories can be divided into two categories. We remember when we did wear them or we remember when we could wear them. Let's talk about we remember when we did wear them. A lot of women have a very emotional, very sentimental attachment to their clothes. If that is you, recognize that they are memories and not clothes. If it is a happy memory, put it in a box, get it out of your wardrobe. If it is a bad memory, get rid of the item and get it out of your wardrobe. There's no reason to hang on to bad memories. Now let's talk about we remember when we could wear it. This does not serve you. Keeping clothes that you wore, a pair of jeans that you wore when you were 22 and you could only wear them for a month because you had dieted so hard. Oh my gosh, you looked so good that month, but man, were you hungry? Those do not serve you at all. If you are not actively working on getting back into them, or you don't want to do what it takes to get back into them, or you don't even like them anymore, get rid of them. So I have women tell me all the time, you know, I'm going to join Weight Watchers or Noom, or I'm going to start keto. And I say, oh, so you're doing keto? No, I'm going to start it. That is not actively working on it. Having an idea of what you're going to do is not actively working on it. Get those clothes out of there. Now let's talk about you don't want to do what it would take to get back into them. And we'll talk about this in a little bit when I tell you why I make my clients try on clothes that don't fit. I'm sure a lot of you have followed my weight journey. And a couple of years ago, I was the skinniest I've ever been in my life. I was a size eight, which for me is not natural. And I have these shorts and they were a size eight and I put them on. I do not want to do what it would take to get back into these. Could I? Probably. But It was painful to get there and I don't want to do it again. So the shorts have to go. Now, the last part I talked about is you don't even like them anymore. This happens all the time. Hanging on to clothes just because you could wear them once, but you don't even like them. What is the point of that? If you don't like something, it has no place in your wardrobe. All right, let's move on to guilt. There are two parts to guilt. Number one, it was a gift. Number two, you spent money on it. Let's talk about a gift. If it was a gift that you love, obviously you're wearing it and loving it, and this is not a problem. However, if it's a gift you didn't love, if you can't just say thank you and donate it, wear it once, send a picture to the giver saying thank you, and then donate it. People are not coming into your closet to see if you kept that sweater they gave you five years ago. I promise it does not happen. But get it out of there and donate it. Let it be a gift to somebody else. Marie Kondo has this to say about gifts, and I'll read it for you. The true purpose of a present is to be received because gifts are a means for conveying someone's feelings for you. When viewed from this perspective, there is no need to feel guilty about parting with a gift that ultimately doesn't spark joy. I'll link to her article about gifts in the show notes, but I love that. The person has given it to you. They have given you their feelings of love. They have given you their feelings of gratitude. You have accepted that. The gift doesn't need to be kept for them to feel that way about you. So that's guilt. Now let's talk about money. I see this all the time, women refusing to part with clothes because they spent money on it. I get it. You made a bad purchase. Or maybe you made a good purchase a while ago, but it's it's not working for you anymore. The reality is the money is gone 
It's not coming back and the item has no value just hanging in your closet. You will not recoup the value of anything. You will not recoup your loss just by keeping it. If it was a bad purchase, vow to do better. If it was a good purchase, be grateful for the use you got out of it and let it go. I've had clients, some clients who have had so many clothes with tags still on hanging in a closet drive me insane because it is so wasteful. I've pulled my phone out with my calculator and we have added up how much they spent on clothes they never wore. And I hoped that that number would make them sick enough not to do it. By the way, if you have clothes in your closet with tags, if you don't wear something within two weeks of buying it, you're never going to wear it. So return it while you can. Donate it if, it if you can't. But keeping it doesn't get your money back. It does not get your money back. Let it go. So that is phase one. Easy peasy. You do not have to try anything on in this part. You're just getting rid of stuff that needs to go. And I promise you, you're going to feel the weight of your closet kind of lightening even a little bit on this one. Even if you're getting rid of stuff you spent money on, I promise. Okay. Now phase two, this is the big one. This is what I call the meat and potatoes part. This is where I'm really actively in my client's closet and we are trying stuff on. Again, you do not have to do this all in one day. I kind of recommend you don't. When you're closet is organized by type. It's very easy just to take one section out at a time. By the way, if you don't have a clothing rack, a really good thing, and I have a client um, who I work with virtually who does this, she has two kitchen chairs with a broom <laughs> stretched across them and she hangs them that way. It's just easier to work with your closet when it's out of your closet, number one, and not in a pile on your bed. So if you can hang it up, that's great. All right. So pull out the section you're working with, and then I need you to gather your closet edit tools. And there are a few of them. Number one is your full length mirror. I am shocked at how many women do not have a full length mirror. Seriously, there are six bucks at Target. Go get one. You need this in your style life. Number two is good lighting. If your room is dark, you need to bring some lamps in, you know, open the windows if your neighbor's can't see into your into your room while you're changing. Do what you got to do, but get more light in there. It's really hard to see fit, especially in dark colors in a dark room. Number three is air conditioning or a fan. Even in cold weather, I have my clients bring a fan in if possible. This gets hot. It gets to be a lot of work. You get, you're going to work up a sweat. So make your room cooler if you can. Bring in a fan, turn on the AC, do what you got to do, but cool yourself down. And then here we go. We're going to pull out the first section and we're going to start trying on. And I want you to try it on even if it doesn't fit. I know that's crazy, but I want you to do it for a couple of reasons. Number one, it actually might fit. So many of my clients have gained like five pounds and in their head, they have become Ursula the Sea Witch from The Little Mermaid. And that's not how it happens. This happens all the time. And I say that we start looking at our mind mirror instead of a real mirror. You have to get out of your mind mirror where even five pounds turns you into a totally different person. And you need to look in the real mirror and say, oh, this fits. I cannot tell you how many items of clothing people have said, oh, I'm not going to try that on. It doesn't fit. And I said, well, let's do it anyway. And they put on and, oh, look at that. It fits. And it, it feels good when it fits. But even if it doesn't, you need to know if it ever will and if you want to do what it would take, right? So let's go back to my size eight shorts. I do not want to do what it would take. 
when that happened, I had been hardcore keto for two and a half years. I was eating probably five to 10 carbs a day and I was fasting four days a week. So by the way, I don't need emails about any of that. I get it. Fasting is actually super good for you and I loved it, but it's just really hard with a family. So this is not about that. We're going to do it. We're going to do a whole episode about that. But for now, just know that those little shorts, I'm really happy just going back to Old Navy and buying a bigger size. I'm fine with that. But if you don't want to do what it would take to get back into those things, let them go. Let them go. Women always want to know what to do with clothes that don't fit. How long should you hang on to them? What if you are willing to do what it takes? So here's what I say. Put it in a box and give it a date, not a wait. So let's say, let's say I wanted to get back into my shorts and I was doing what it, what it would take. And I say, you know what? It's probably going to take me a year to get back into these shorts. All right. So it's mid-August today. I would say mid-August of 2020. And on that day, I'm going to open that box. And if they fit, awesome. They can go back in the wardrobe. If they don't, they're going to go. The deal is, you know, I've said this before, someday never comes. You can't find someday. So I'm going to get back into these shorts someday. No, you won't. I'm going to get back into these shorts by August of 2020. Well, maybe. And in August of 2020, if they don't fit, they can go. It's a realistic way to do it. All right. So what happens if this you trying your clothes on and they do fit? Here's what I want you to ask yourself in this meat and potatoes phase. Number one, do I like the way I look in this? Do I like the way I look in this? If the answer is no, you will never wear it. Never. There will never come a day where you say, boy, I would love to wear that sweater that makes me feel frumpy. Hey, you know that blouse that makes me look kind of like death warmed over? I think I'll wear that today. You will never wear it. Get rid of it. Number two, do I like the way I feel in this? And this can either be psychological or physical. I work with a lot of women who are very, very aware of their clothes on their body, how they fit, how they feel, all of that stuff. And if it doesn't feel good, they don't want to wear it. Fair enough. But there will never come a day where you want to wear the itchy sweater or the armholes that are cut too high or that it's just too snug across the shoulders, whatever it is that day will not come. There is no clothing apocalypse emergency coming that all of your good stuff is going to be wiped out in one day and all that's going to be left is these, well, maybe. No, just go ahead and get rid of them. Those are the things, again, if we go back to what I said earlier, when you need to do laundry because you've got nothing to wear, this is the stuff that's still in there. So do I like the way I look in it? Do I like the way I feel in it? The answer is no to either one. Chuck it. Number three, is this a piece that reflects the person I am today and the style I have today? It's okay to change. Allow yourself to evolve. You don't have to keep the clothes you love that don't work for the, the you that you are today. I had a client ages ago and every single piece we pulled out, oh, I'm going to keep that. It used to be my favorite. Oh, I'm going to keep that. It used to be my favorite. And I'd say, okay, What's the memory associated with this? And there wasn't like a clear memory. It wasn't, I wore that when I got engaged or I wore that to my first job. Those are memories and they get boxed up. But just used to be my favorite, that's just hanging on to a person you used to be. Allow yourself to evolve. Allow yourself to evolve and only keep the clothes that reflect the person that you are today. So that's number three. Now, 
Let's talk about, again, if it doesn't fit, we talked about getting rid of it, boxing it up, getting it out of your wardrobe. The last thing I want to say about this, and I forgot to mention earlier, is clothes that don't fit you don't motivate you. I hear clients tell me all the time, oh, I keep these two small jeans because they motivate you. Well, Linda, you haven't worn them in 10 years, so I don't think your strategy is quite working. The thing about clothes that don't fit is they mock you in the morning, but they do not motivate you all day long. In the morning, you go in and go, oh, I used to be able to wear those jeans. But then you're at lunch and you don't say, "Mm, I think I'll just have water. I have a pair of jeans from 2004 that don't fit me anymore. That's never happened. Never, ever in the history of ever has someone said they're not going to or that they're going to change their lifestyle because they have clothes that don't fit. It just doesn't happen. So they got to get out of your closet. They cannot be hanging in your wardrobe. They can be in a box with a date on it. That's it. All right. Number five, I want you to ask yourself, where will I wear this? This is a question I ask my Lindas all the time in a closet edit. So they'll put something on and it's a fine top, whatever. And I say, where are you going to wear this? And they'll say, oh, I'll wear it to the theater. And I say, oh, you go to the theater a lot? No. Okay. Well, Linda, you have 12 outfits for the theater and you don't go. So are we really, do we really need to keep that many? Remember Linda from Lessons from Linda in episode 13, she had her quote unquote part-time life that was really her full-time life and needed to dress for it. Don't hang on to these things that aren't going to actually go anywhere. You can keep a few if that's something that you do every now and then, but you don't need a whole wardrobe for it. Now, the sixth thing I want you to ask yourself is, how will I wear this? For maximum versatility, you should be able to wear things three to five ways. If you've got a lot of single-use items in your wardrobe, you're going to have a much harder time getting dressed each day. And I can think of a closet that I worked in many, many years ago, and this client loved pattern and color. Everything was pattern and color, pattern and color, pattern and color but everything could really only be worn one way. This shirt goes with these pants, right? This pink gingham top goes with these pink pants and this purple paisley blouse goes with these purple pants. All these single use items make it really hard to get dressed every single day. So when you are editing your closet, kind of be thinking, even if it's not a section that you have out in front of you, how can I wear this? How can I wear this jacket? Can I wear it with three different bottoms? Can I wear it with three different under pieces? What can I do with this thing for maximum versatility? And if you have single use items that you don't love, they can go ahead and go. Now, as you're going through this and asking yourself these six questions, by the way, this is also a good time to give yourself a quality check. So I know in our phase one that we got rid of anything that was clearly beyond its time. But when you are going through this phase two, this is when that lighting and that mirror come in really handy. Really inspect the quality. I know maybe you love, love, love that old navy sweater, but if it has seen better days, is it time for it to go? This is a time for you to pull out all that kind of stuff and only hang on to what's best. So that's kind of the seventh thing you should be looking at is the quality of it. All right. And as you're going through this, things that you are keeping go back on hangers and things that you want to part with go in a donate pile or a sell pile. Again, this is a question I get a lot. What do I do with the stuff I want to get rid of? It's totally up to you to decide what you want to do with those things. Obviously, if you sell it on consignment, if you sell it on eBay, you're going to recoup some of the in, some of your investment. You can spend it on other clothes and that's wonderful. 
it's a lot of work. And if you're a person with good intentions to sell, but you know you're not going to follow through, just donate it. For me personally, I know that that those things don't give you a ton of money and it's a lot of work and I just, I'm always just over it. So I just donate stuff. But if you do want to sell and recoup some of your money, good places to do it are eBay. eBay probably gives you your best money back. Um, Poshmark, Mercari, Tradesy. Um, I'm sure there are others that I'm um, thread up. Uh, I know that there are others that I'm missing, but I will link to those in the show notes. And also check out local consignment shops. A lot of women have things that they say they're too good to donate, which frankly is a concept that I don't understand. I, I do understand wanting to get some of the money back for something, but um, you know, I always think of being that person at Goodwill who needs to be at Goodwill and finding like a like a really amazing piece. I think that's kind of cool. But if that, if you want to get your money back out of it, try the local consignment shops or go with these online things and and do your best. I think you're going to find that you don't get as much as you'd like out of them, but it will be something. And if if it keeps you in clothes for the next capsule, that's a great thing. All right, let's move on from that. Again, I'll put the my favorite spots in, in links in the show notes. All right, before we get to step three, I want to talk about a few simple upgrades you can make in your closet. And during this time in phase two is a good time to do them. This is when I switch out hangers for a lot of my clients where we talk about, you know, things you can add. Upscale closets, you know, when you you see a closet like on Pinterest, you go, oh, that'd be amazing. And while a lot of us don't have entire rooms that we can put a huge island in the middle of and, you know, a couch, there are things you can do to make your closet feel more upscale and to function better. So here are just a few things. And this, again, phase two is a good time to do them. Number one, get better hangers. Get better hangers. Ditch those dry cleaner hangers and the plastic tube hangers. Instead, trade them out for velvet slimline hangers. You can fit more in your closet and they hold your clothes better so you can cut those ribbons or plastic, I don't know, sticky strings out of your shirt. Those are not meant to be permanent installations. Those are for the stores, not for you. Also, don't forget to upgrade your pant and skirt hangers. If possible, hang your pants long so they don't get the crease when you fold them or that dust line that proves you're actually not wearing them. Last year, I found a hanger for pants and skirts and off-the-shoulder tops that I absolutely love. They're called holding hangers, and I'm going to link to them in the show notes along with some velvet hangers. But the holding hangers, they don't leave clip marks in your clothes. They look nice in your closet, and your pants don't slide around making a big wrinkled mess. Seriously, check them out. Go to holdinghangers.com. Um, and Seely, the owner of Holding Hangers, was nice enough to give my listeners um, a 15% discount. You can use code EVERYDAY15, all caps. I'll, I'll put it in the show notes, but EVERYDAY15 for 15% off your Holding Hangers purchase. I don't often say that hangers are revolutionary, but I am so in love with these things. So go and check them out. All right. They are worth every penny. Okay, upgrade your lighting. One of the hallmarks of an upscale closet is good lighting. It's really hard to get dressed when you can't see your clothes. If your clothes still has that one or two bulb builder grade light, replace it with something brighter. If you want to make your closet a little more boutique and feel a little special, you can put a bright little chandelier in there for fun. Personally, my closet is long and narrow and dark, so I upgraded to a six-bulb LED track light. I can see everything in there. Dark corners lead to forgotten clothes. Now, if you don't have lighting wired in your closet, there are some great battery-operated alternatives. 
All you have to do is stick the remote where you'd like a light switch, go ahead and put the little stick up lights everywhere, mount that thing, and you've got better lighting. You know, I'm going to put a link in the show notes for my favorite brand. All right, the last thing you should add to your closet is a simple hook where you can put your outfit for the next day. I'm going to do a whole episode on outfit planning and how important it is. But for now, just know that the simple act of picking out your outfit the night before will help you look more put together, reduce morning stress, and help you wear more of what you've got. As always, there's a link in the show notes for product ideas. Okay. And if you really want to take on a project in your closet, I really encourage you to customize your closet. I'm not talking about these $2,000 California closet systems, which are fantastic if you can do that. But even if you can't, even if you've just got like the wire shelving, customize them to how you like it. One thing that surprised me when we moved into our house, there was not one place in our master closet to hang long clothes. I was like, did the previous owners never wear long dresses? What happened here? Couldn't hang my pants long. So I just got out my bolt cutters and I I snipped the wire frames, I, uh, the wire uh, shelves. I moved some up. I created different shelves. You know, And if I can do it, I'm not super duper handy. If I can do it, so can you. Pay attention to how what kind of space you need. Do you need more folding? Do you need more hanging? Do you want more long hanging? And then just kind of DIY it. It's much easier than you'd think. And you'd really be happy with the payoff. Okay. So that is the big chunk. That is phase two. You've done the bulk of the work and now it's time for phase three or step three, which I call pruning. I'm never around for this part with my clients because this happens weeks and months after your closet edit. And it is an ongoing, very selective, one item at a time process. When clients are on the fence about a piece, I tell them to keep it for now. I tell them to plan an outfit with that piece and wear it, paying attention to how they feel in it. If it's a good day and they like it, it stays. If they felt uncomfortable all day, it goes. Sometimes you have to wear these pieces you're unsure about to see why and understand, again, that nothing about that that piece is going to change. If the color made you feel blah, it's not changing. If that sweater was itchy, it's it'll be itchy next time. It's time to part with it. Now, for me, pruning means I have a small laundry basket on the floor of my closet. Every single time I flip through my closet to get dressed and I come across an item that I have a negative reaction to, I just take it out of my wardrobe and I put it in the basket. At the end of the season, if I haven't pulled it back out, it gets donated. I make mistakes too, trust me. A few months ago, I bought a camel sweater at Target. I have to tell you, I love camel sweaters. To me, they're just like the most elegant, chic thing ever. And it was lightweight and slightly sheer. And that's my jam. It's kind of my unicorn of wardrobe items. So I bought it without trying it on. Got home, it was the right size, but I could never put my finger on, what don't I like about this? Why don't I like it? And then I realized it's got a little bit of a drop shoulder and the neck comes up a little bit higher than I would like. All in all, it just makes my top half feel bigger and I I just didn't like it. So it's in the basket. Now, I've got a few weeks left to decide if I want to keep it or not, but it has not come back out. So good chance that it's going to go. Doing this allows me to really focus on getting those it's fine items out of my wardrobe. And if you listen to episode 13, I shared that it's fine is what's standing between you and great style. Pruning is what you do to keep yourself from having to do steps one and two more often. In this phase, it's, a, it's really important to allow yourself to change and only hang on to what's serving you now and accept that we all make stupid purchases once in a while, but keeping things you don't like isn't going to give you your money back. Accept you made the mistake. 
accept that you're over whatever that is, sell or donate the item and move on vowing to do better next time. Finally, I want to wrap it up with this. I know that it seems scary to let go of a ton of stuff, especially things that you spent money on, things you used to love, whatever it is. But what I tell my clients is this. In the end, you end up with no less to wear than you did before. I can think of a Linda who I absolutely adore, and I think she'll be featured on a lesson from Linda one day, but it was the first time I actually decimated a closet. We went through and pulled out everything that didn't fit. We pulled out everything that didn't work for the lifestyle she had now. We pulled out everything she didn't love. I mean, we were really, really brutal. And I could see her face as she looked at this giant pile on the floor, and I said to her, you don't have any less to wear right now than you did when I walked in here. And she emailed me a couple of weeks later and she said, it's true. But what she realized in that moment when she had this pile on the floor is, oh my goodness, I have nothing to wear. I actually do have to shop. For so long, she'd been telling herself, I don't have to shop. I have a lot to wear. But when you pull out all this stuff, you see what you actually have. So remember, even if it's painful, you're not going to end up with any less to wear than you had when you started. You're just going to know where you're actually at. All right, friends, that is it. Three simple steps for editing your closet like a pro and keeping your edit maintained. Your homework for the week, if you didn't already guess, is to do the pre-work of organizing your closet the way I described. Set a timer for 30 to 45 minutes, depending on how much stuff you got, and get to work. Remember, there's no trying on in this step. There's no deciding whether to keep or toss. It's just grouping like items to set yourself up for success. Update us on your progress in the Everyday Style Lounge. There's a post for each podcast episode where you can continue the conversation. And that is all I've got for you today. The next time you hear from me, it'll be September. The capsule guide will be out. And again, you're going to be on your way to the most stylish fall of your life. I will see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Everyday Style School podcast. Class is dismissed for the day, but if you'd like to continue the conversation, head over to my free Facebook group, the Everyday Style Lounge. You can also visit my website for show notes, downloads, and links to resources we discussed during the episode. Go to youreverydaystyle.com forward slash podcast. Finally, be sure to subscribe to The Style School wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you like what you're hearing, I'd love if you'd leave a review and even share with your friends. Thanks so much. We'll see you back in class next week.